Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the gospel of our Lord. <clears throat> People can endure pain if they know it has an endpoint. I mean, there's even this psychological test where uh, they put rats into water and they're trying to swim and then if they take them out again and put them back in they'll last longer as they try to swim because they know that they might get taken out but how about in people well the cia they train people they train their agents on how to endure torture how to successfully come out the other side of being tortured. In fact, sometimes they teach Hollywood actors and actresses these techniques so that they can sit through hour-long makeup sessions, especially if you've seen the movie The Grinch with Jim Carrey. He wears this elaborate setup. And I guess it took like six, seven, eight hours to do that every day for shooting, so they had to teach him how to endure it. But here's the thing, no one, and I mean no one, goes into or endures shame willingly. People will do whatever is possible to avoid shame and to be shamed by other people. People will not show up at work. If they know they didn't meet a deadline, they'll skip school if they know that the picture was sent to everybody in their friend group. They'll never talk to a loved one again if it means not having to admit they were wrong. Now think of Joseph and Mary. Joseph was legally pledged 
to Mary to be her, her husband. I wonder if he, you know, got down on one knee. Um, I don't even know what's like, like the, the Dead Sea or something. They went for a swim and he knelt down and they were betrothed maybe. Anyway, they're excited. I know their families, their friends were just as excited as they were to be engaged. They're going to get married. This son of David, the son of King David, Joseph, through David's son, Solomon, was going to marry a daughter of King David through David's son, Nathan. And if they had a son, he would be a son of David, a rightful heir to the throne in Judah. It was a match made in heaven. But then, you know, we, there's, there's really no hint to how this happened, but maybe Mary came into the kitchen and uh, Joseph was cooking eggs in his cast pottery frying pan and Mary touched Joseph's shoulder and said, Joseph, I know that we've never been together, but I'm pregnant. Joseph looks at her, dumbfounded, I bet. Maybe he nods, he gets it. And then he perhaps suggests, why don't you go spend some time with your cousin Elizabeth while I think things over? So over the next few days and weeks, he's working as a craftsman. He's praying constantly. And unfortunately, he resolves, what I have to do is I have to divorce Mary quietly. I I love Mary. She's, She's excellent. She's my dream. But I can't believe this happened. But I don't want to put her to shame. I don't want to make a fuss out of it. I'll divorce her quietly because he's a good man. And that's right. The Christmas story begins with the possibility of divorce due to apparent infidelity. And if Joseph divorced Mary, according to the law of Moses, he would have been a righteous man. He would have according to the law of Moses, done the right thing. Though no longer what you may hear in movies and TV shows is a joke, no longer would an adulterer, someone who broke the sixth commandment, no longer would they be stoned to death. No. Moses, because of the people's sinfulness, needing a way out, allowed for certificates of divorce to be issued in cases of adultery. And Joseph, after much prayer and fasting, and I'm sure crying, his lovely marriage ruined by sin, falls asleep with his mind set on the next day, going to meet a lawyer to file for divorce. But in the night... 
whilst dreaming, an angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and gives him stern warning. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Her child is conceived of the Holy Spirit. She will have a son. You will name her Jesus because he will save his people from his from their sins. His name will be Yeshua, Joshua. Yahweh will save his people from their sins, Jesus. And he won't just be a son of David. He'll also be son of God. And so Joseph wakes up and he remembers the promise of God in the Old Testament something he'd be hearing constantly in the synagogue. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And Joseph believes God. He believes God's promise, and his faith in that promise is credited to him as righteousness. Not the righteousness of the law of Moses that he sought after in seeking a divorce certificate, but true righteousness that can only be given, can only be a gift that you can only receive from God himself by the Holy Spirit. The gift of faith created in Joseph's heart. And so Joseph gets up out of his bed. He goes outside to breathe a breath of fresh air, a new full day of promise. And he sees his wife coming home from her visit to Elizabeth after a few months. He runs to her, takes her off her cart, picks her up and hugs her. Mary, everything's going to be all right. Don't worry. I love you. And all of Mary's anxieties, her fears, her shame that she's been feeling is wiped away by a husband's love, which covers a multitude of sins. Joseph now had the courage to stay with Mary, to protect her, to lead her, to guard her from shame, to be her husband. But why? What's different? Now he has the gift of faith from God himself, drawn from God's promises, found in God's word. And God's word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, true strength. Not an empty promise, but a very, very real one, in the womb of his wife, Mary. And so what happens when you can't keep your promises? What happens when you realize you were wrong and now you look like a fool? Do you just choose to not show your face anymore? To never talk to those people again? Your shame crushes you. I understand. It it feels inescapable. No one wants to eat crow. 
But unfortunately, the truth is, when we're faced with shame, what do you do? You try to justify yourself. You make an excuse for yourself. But those excuses, those self-justifications, no, I was right, they were wrong, those cop-outs, they only lead to hurting more people, hurting yourself, breaking promises, even with God. But Jesus sees your shame. Jesus sees your helplessness. He comes over to you and he bears it with you. Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, Whoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Jesus takes your shame and carries it for you. You give him your anxieties, your worries, your shame. He gives you his perfectness, his glory, his patience, his cleanness, his shamelessness, his happy exchange, like exchanging wedding bands. And this is something that he learned from someone. Jesus learned how to bear shame And he learned it from a very good role model, his dad, Joseph. Joseph, a good man, a good husband, a good father, learned or, yeah, learned to, through great difficulty, great shame himself, take on his wife's shame, his shame, and bear it for her. And Joseph learned this kind of compassion and mercy from the compassionate one, the merciful one, from Jesus' heavenly father, Yahweh. Yet Jesus does what Joseph could not. Where Joseph covers sin, Joseph only bears shame Jesus strikes at the root, he strikes at the heart, he strikes at sin and defeats it and takes it away. He defeats sin because he's defeated the sting of sin, death, for he's risen. Hallelujah. And because he's risen, because he lives, and you are joined to him by faith, by your baptism, you will live too even if you die. And so Jesus washes away your shame and your sin. He pays for it, not with gold or silver, but with his precious blood, which he shed on the cross for you. And so rest rest knowing that though your shame may remain this side of his return, he will gladly bear it for you For joy. And on the last day, there will be more than removal of sin. 
You will be raised. You will be glorified, transformed, made new, body and soul together again. And you'll be with him. And you will enjoy him forever. And so trust in the Lord Jesus, who raises up the lowly and removes shame from those who love him. In his name, amen.